This podcast is proudly supported by Drama Victoria. Consider becoming a Drama Victoria member today to take advantage of the many member benefits. We would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record. We record on the land of the Bunurong people. We pay our respects to our elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are talking through some of the key vocabulary in the monologue from Our Country's Good spoken by Liz Morden. Now this monologue is absolute chock-a-bock full of really specific, hyper-specific slang and language from the time. So we thought it would be a good idea to maybe translate some of those words and help those people out trying to find what they mean. I had to scour a bunch of different websites and sources and programs and old school dictionaries to find what each of those terms meant and one of them was incredibly tricky so I thought well, if I'm having trouble finding these if I'm spending quite a few hours trying to find what all of these words mean to help out my students why not share that knowledge as well because it is really tricky and some of those words are really important in this interpretation of this monologue now we could do this for all the monologues and go through all the tricky words but I think this is a particularly specifically difficult case and I thought it'd be well worth sharing some of this knowledge I used a whole bunch of different sources to find what some of these words meant and I'm going to put a link in the episode description to all of them uh, so you can actually do some of the research yourself if you're interested in that. I'm not going to be dissecting every single word because lots of them will make sense to English speakers, uh, so I've only picked out the ones I think are really tricky. So without any further ado, this short, sharp, easy-to-digest episode all about the different words in the uh, Liz Morden monologue. Here we go. Let's get to it. Shifts its bob, moves out of the way. A bob can be the weight attached to a plumb line. A ship is said to bob out when it bounces and bobs in heavy seas without making any remarkable headway. This is a particularly distressing occurrence to those afflicted with seasickness. Waves bobble when they seem to crash without any specific set or direction, as during a cross currents or rip tides. So shifts its bob, that can be something that bobs up and down. A bob can also be in regard to sewing uh, and something moving. So basically, all like a compass that the, the luck will shift and move whenever Liz comes near. So the idea that every time Liz approaches luck, it moves away from her. So shifts its bob, it moves, which you could have got contextually. But what was a bob? It might be important for you to know that and why she's using this kind of language. Born under a haypenny planet. So a haypenny means worthless, and a planet is the circumstances of their birth. So it's said of any person remarkably unsuccessful in their attempts or their professions. So born under a half penny or a half a penny, so less than a penny, so a really small amount, and the fact that the planet, or sometimes it's called a haypenny moon. So considering uh, what she means when she says that. A nibbler is a pilferer or a petty thief. Um, to be crapped means to get hanged. Uh, a wiper is a handkerchief. You can imagine someone wiping their face. Uh, shoulder clapped means arrested. So a police officer grabbing you by the shoulder, literally clapping your shoulder. A cudgel is a short stick or a weapon. A prig is a thief, um, something that's stolen or something that you've pilfered. So if you prig something, you've stolen it. A trine for a maker or wap for a winning it. This is really interesting. It, it took me a fair bit of time to find out exactly what this meant and what the backstory for this phrase is. And it's really interesting if you want to go and look into the backstory for it as well. But to wap means to copulate or to beat. So if she won't wap for a winnie, a bit of money, then she will try and for a maker. So if she won't lie with a man for a penny, let her hang for a half penny. So this is really saying if you're not going to go and use your body to make money, Liz, then you're going to die because you're going to steal something, you're going to get in trouble, you're going to get arrested, and you're going to get hanged. So if she's, if she's not going to try and for a maker, she'll wap for a winnie. 
Okay, uh, a, a dime a mort or a dimmer mort is a pretty girl, so I'm not a dime a mort. She talks about she's not very pretty. How is she going to make money um, selling her body? Then she meets a swell, which is an elegantly dressed or stylishly dressed person. She talks about him having five handkerchiefs, one for every single day of the week. So I'm not sure exactly how swell this guy was, but she was really uh, taken in by him. And then she basically, he becomes her pimp. Uh, Molisher, a woman or a villain's mistress. So that's, she refers to herself as a woman and possibly a villain's mistress. Uh, Miss Laycock is the female genitals or a prostitute. A mug is a face. Sell my mother of saints. Mother of saints, again, is female genitals. Swell cove, so a swell man, a cove being a man. Again, the swell, the idea of this gentlemanly man, which thought he was a swell cove. A bobcool is a good-natured man. Mozzie face, mozzie, could be about, um, could be referring to her face, but mainly will be referring to her genitals again. Her mozzie face, selling her mozzie face, the idea of, um, it could be an endearing term, but potentially not in this case. Uh, shiners is money. Spice. Uh, spice the swells, so to steal money from the gentleman. To spice is to steal. The swells, again, the gentleman. Lifts it. She steals it. She takes it. Stir my stumps. Now, stir my stumps could be move her legs, like she couldn't run fast enough, so she gets arrested, or stir her stumps, her stumpy fingers, and she couldn't actually take uh, the watch fast enough or the handkerchief fast enough in that instance and got arrested. So was she too slow to get away from the cops, or was her fast fingers too slow and she got caught? Uh, swell squeals beef. So the gentleman shouts, shouts thief. So when she's not fast enough or she's too slow to get the watch, um, the gentleman yells thief, thief, thief. A snoozy is a constable for the night watch. Nibbed, again, is caught and arrested. Up the ladder to rest, so to walk up the ladder or stairs to be hanged. Nap is to get or receive, to get something. Across the herring pond, across the ocean. The herring pond, there is the ocean. A rantum scantum is a sex for food or water or preferential treatment on the ship, which is really common during the First and Second Fleets. They actually put up a big bit of board across the female convicts and the sailors to stop them intermingling. But within about eight seconds, the sailors had broken that down and were already uh, selling their food and their water to the young women on the ship for advances or sexual favours. And she couldn't get this from the sailors, which tells us a lot about perhaps what she looks like or the rough life she's had that not even sailors on sea in this instance are interested in, in sharing with her or swapping with her. Nobbatia was to become a person of wealth or high social praise, so nobbit. I could nobbit here, I could become noble here. I've come to a new land, I could become noble. Bob Kulgov, a good-natured governmental person. Uh, Niffy Naffy is easy. Uh, rufflers is vagabonds or vagrants. Uh, nibbed, again, is arrested. And up the ladder to rest, just a reminder that that's up the ladder, up the stairs, to be hung to death. So those are the phrases that jumped out at me as being really tricky, or some of my students found tricky to understand, and weren't able to deliver the monologue without understanding what on earth she was talking about. Now, I may be able to give you the definitions of some of these words or provide the definitions that I've found online, but it's also really important that you understand them contextually in what she's trying to say. What is she talking about? What does she want? How does she feel about these things? So just because you know what they mean doesn't mean you understand the context in which she's saying them or the reason she is saying them or where she is and, and why she is. So it's really important to work out where she is in her life, what she's about to decide and how she thinks her life is going to look after this this meeting that she's going to have next. So uh, her context is really important in this moment as well and worth looking at. Well, those are all of the words. If you uh, would like a list of those words, feel free to email us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you very much. 
That is all for this episode of The Aside. There are a lot of episodes in the bank, one on every single monologue on the list, so feel free to go through those and find one that piques your interest. If you'd like to ask us a question or you have a suggestion for a future episode, do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you very much to Haleybury for letting us record here. Thank you to Aaron Searle for providing the music. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And, of course, thank you for listening. 